Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, you're listening to Being Humanist. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're totally doing this live again, and we're flying by the seat of our pants. Um, it's been uh, about a month, I think, uh, but uh, here we are. Um, I'm Mike. And I'm Keith. <laughs> and Keith is uh, over at his place, so we're doing this in two separate locations again. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's been... Um, a, oh, it's been a horribly busy summer, evidently. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, yeah, uh, it was a, we really need to do a show. And so here we are. So, um, um, as always, you can find us, uh, at, uh, being humanist, uh, dot podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email. Tell us what's going on. Uh, you ever get any show ideas or anything like that, or you want to be on a show or something, you know, whatever, that'll work. Uh, find us on facebook.com slash being dot podcast and, uh, Twitter at being humanist PC. Um, yeah. So, uh, we're here. What's going on, Keith? Not much. I've, uh, been furiously working on some very boring things that have to do with my personal life recently. I mean, nothing necessarily bad. I, you know, just cleaning up some of the messes I've made <laughs> in the past few, well, four or five years financially is basically what's been happening. So yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. sounds like it. Uh, as I, as I messaged you earlier, it sounds like you're doing a whole lot of maths. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm about to start my semester again here in, uh, I guess it's 18 days from now. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's already coming back. So, uh, yeah. Um, honestly, I'm looking, I'm uh, usually at this point in my break, I'm looking forward to starting back up again. So you yeah. said usually, does that mean you're still looking forward to it? <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I am looking forward to it this semester. I got a couple of the more difficult courses out of the way last semester I attended, so um, I'm feeling pretty good about forging ahead. So, are you a junior or a senior? I guess I would be considered a senior technically because I only have uh, what would be considered two 15 credit hour uh, semesters left to graduate. So that's just two full-time semesters. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I highly doubt it gets done in those two semesters, but you know, Hey, I'm getting there. Slowly. I got you. Okay. It's going to be weird uh, when you actually do graduate and I won't see you anymore. I know. There I know. anyway. <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just like, yeah, that will be odd, but I, I, I bat around different ideas of what I want to do when I get finished. Like I've, I've kind of stuck by the, the thing that no matter what I do, I eventually would like to teach, but I've really become so uh, passionate about and interested in the whole genetic engineering and agriculture. Um, you know, you, you see my Facebook, so much of what I post about has to do with GMO and um, that kind of thing. So I, I feel like it's, it's worth considering that path too. I've been kind of getting new ideas about where I could go with this. I'm a, real big, I'm a real big fan of, I don't know if you've ever heard of Kevin Folta. I'm not sure. The name sounds kind of familiar, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, he has a, he has actually a podcast called talking biotech. Uh, he's a, he had, he's a PhD. He's a, a professor at, I cannot for the life of me remember what university it is, but uh, Dan Broadbent is really uh, seems to have gotten pretty close with him. He's been on this uh, science enthusiast podcast a few times. Okay. Um, it's been a few times. It's been at least once, <laughs> but um, he's a, uh, the guy knows his stuff. He's a good voice for the GMO um, for genetic. He, he, he's involved in the genetic literacy project, that site, you know, the, the ship, the Monsanto shill website, uh-huh. but yeah, like those are some, those are some thoughts that have been popping into my head as of late, but you know, we'll see where it takes me. I got you. Um, well, first I have to apologize. I don't know if anybody could hear it, but I think like, um, I actually just put my daughter to bed, uh, with my wife and, um, um, they're upstairs from where I'm at. And I actually just heard her screaming bloody murder. <laughs> so it sounds like it sounds like Holly was trying to keep her uh, in bed when I came down the stairs, and it had been quiet. But while you were talking, I om- I didn't hear everything you said because all of a sudden I could hear her screaming through my headphones. It was loud enough to come through, hit the microphone, and hear in my headphones. Wow. Yeah. So she must not be happy. So I'm sitting there thinking, crap. Do I let Keith talk while I run upstairs and make sure everything's okay? <laughs> Well, you do what you got to do, man. I mean, well, I think, I think it'll be okay. okay. Uh, I mean, she's up there with her. Um, I'll, I'll just hope for the best. <laughs> but, Works for um, me. Yeah. Um, you know, go ahead. It's, it's funny. Um, listening to our, our intro and our uh, introduction from Greta Christina, I can't help but wonder. Um, She's been. Do you feel like she's been kind of quiet as of late? Um, I couldn't completely particularly say. Um, I know that she's written another book or two since we talked to her. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like she gets as involved in the online active activist community. I don't hear her on at least the podcast that I listen to. Yeah, she hasn't. I haven't seen her pop up. On, yeah, I mean, I listen to five or six different podcasts, and um, 
I mean, to be honest with you, it just seems like um, um, the atheist movement and podcasts, while while there are a lot of podcasts out there, um, I don't feel like, I, I just feel like the community has changed a little bit. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with it. I think everybody seems pretty pre-consumed with things going on in the world that don't specifically have anything to do with religion these days. Yeah. Like Trump's America, but yeah. So th- that's a funny thing because I listen to I listen to a few different podcasts, and uh, it's funny because I listen to I listen to Dave Rubin, uh, David Smalley on Dogma Debate, um, and I listen to Sam Harris. They all uh-huh. have their own things, and then on the other end, I listen to um, Serious Inquiries Only with Thomas Smith, who really has kind of departed a bit from guys like Dave Rubin and Sam Harris and David Smalley. So I, I I'm getting both perspectives recently from these podcasts of the, you know, topic that we've hit on a little bit that, that portion of the left, the punch and Nazi Dan arrow portion of the left versus yeah. the, the Michael Shermers and the, the same, like the Sam Harris, the Richard Dawkins side of the, atheism left the new atheist yeah the new atheists and it's it's fun it's really fun to hear from both sides and on both sides have their points i'm still not hip to the uh punching somebody for speech side of things but you know it's it's really important to make sure I, i feel like i was for a while getting pulled into one side of the debate um as far as like siding with guys like Ruben and Shermer and Smalley, uh, even Seth Andrews is kind of on that their side of the debate. Um, so I, I've, I've kind of tried to make it a point to listen to the other side a little bit more now because I want to remain as objective as possible. I don't mm-hmm. think I've shifted much in my opinion, but I think it's important for us to not become completely entrenched in one view, if you know oh, what absolutely. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The because these guys, these guys are going on and trashing each other, in, in not not vehemently or viciously, but like they're they're taking jabs at each other. Yeah, and I hate to see that. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing that's been frustrating with me, and I I don't know how many times we've talked about it in the last six months or more. Um, but yeah, it just seems like uh, um, there is. I would say for the majority of the atheist movement, I mean, I think you're probably going to find most of them probably uh, lean to the left as it is. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I listen to the Ruben report all the time. Um, I, I love listening to his show because he brings people to talk to that I would never hear. I get to hear perspectives from liberal or sorry, libertarian slash uh, right-leaning conservatives uh, pretty frequently. Um, But, I mean, he also brings on uh, the ex-Muslims and just a big variety of different people. He brings people on from the left, too. I mean, he just brings people on to talk to in general, and he lets them talk. He doesn't necessarily butt in. He just has a conversation. Um, But then, yeah, Seth Andrews is very similar. Um, I... Uh, see what else do I listen to? 
right now. Um, uh, let me see. Let me pull up my phone here. I don't remember the last thing. I, I was listening to Ruben today. Um, I, I'm actually to the point now where I love the thinking atheist so much that I'm, I'm dying to have like two or three episodes a week. Do you oh. ever run into that? Oh yeah. That's, it's still like when it comes to, um, atheism, the atheist movement, that's still my number one. Um, now I probably listen to the skeptics guide to the universe more religiously than anything else these days, <laughs> but, um, they kind of don't really delve into the social issues much. They might have a, something to say every once in a while, but it's always very brief and they don't get too, you know, they don't really get too involved in that discussion. They, it's more about the science and the, the suit. They, they like to battle pseudoscience and that's something that's very important to me, but um, yeah, Seth Andrews, man, I, he's still the best in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think anybody really compares to him. I mean, there's a, um, I mean, considering the guy's background, his, uh, his religious fundamentalist background, and his uh, 15 years or whatever in Christian radio, um, the guy knows how to tell a story. And he's, a, he's an excellent producer and is just an all-around great show, a great thought-provoking show. Um, my other favorite in the past years has been uh, Thank God I'm Atheist with Frank and Dan, um, for, uh, ex-Mormons. Uh, I've learned more about Mormonism from those guys than I think anybody else. But... Um, they have a chemistry that works well, but they don't really breach. I mean, listening to their shows, I don't get a whole lot of uh, pushback from. There's, they're not talking about the other people that I can that I can tell, because um, it's a really frustrating thing for me. Uh, uh, my coworker friend actually just gave me back a book that I let her borrow. Uh, from Dan Errol <laughs> and it's like it's uh raising uh parenting without god is what it's called fantastic book i mean overall just a great book great writer and he he got me really considering running for school board or something like that kind of a deal but then i feel like after trump won um he's just been so unhinged and relentless. Like I, 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 I'm friends with him on Facebook and um, it just, he's, he's, a, he's attacking everybody. Like there's Michael Shermer, all, all these names. They're just, they're all of a sudden they're, they're fascists. They're Nazis because they, um, they're reasoning one thing or another. It's like, I, I don't even know where he's pulling the shit from. Yeah, or Nazi sympathizers. Yeah, it's just it's a the disheartening thing. I mean, he's going after Richard Dawkins, Bill Maher, uh, Dave Rubin, all these different guys, and I'm just like, man, what is the point in this? I mean, what am I missing? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I don't know, man. It's uh, I feel like he's playing a dangerous game. Like I feel I I don't guys like. Like he has a bit of a platform, and I hate to think of him whipping people up into a frenzy and really taking this shit seriously. Like, let's go out and beat the shit out of somebody for saying something we don't like. I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I dislike the same things that he dislikes about what those people say. I just yeah. feel like the they have a right to say it, and yeah, they do have a right to say it. 
and and the and it's not the intellectual approach to this is is to give them their platform, but then challenge them, challenge them with words, challenge them through de- like debate. Um, like if you're teaching people that like what what are we what are we saying when we're saying like I don't like what you say, bonk, like hit you over the head. It's that's to me that's I think I've said this before, but it's like caveman tactics. It's it's just going back to the days where, you know, violence was the answer to everything. Like we, mm-hmm. I, I thought we'd gotten past that, mm-hmm. especially in this movement. And it, it's very disheartening, but you know what? We could go on about that <laughs> forever. <laughs> and I'm afraid if we don't stop, we will. <laughs> yeah. You probably have a good point. Um, Regardless, I still have the book, and I'm going to keep it. It's a good read. <laughs> right. He's not incapable of, you know, of some brilliant writing, or yeah. is, he's still got some great ideas in his head. He's just, I feel like he's just kind of, he's lost me in some other ways, like, just like he has you. Yeah. It's been an, uh, especially amusing to watch he and uh, our buddy Dan Broadbent, uh, the science enthusiast, They've they've had their back and forth <laughs> they sure but, uh, have in fact i'm uh, by the way i gotta say i'm um there we've had a, a few different people on our show uh dan being one and then he just like uh he just took off with the science enthusiast and he's got his podcast he's doing his thing i don't know if he's actually living off of what he's doing as a uh, uh Oh, come on. What's the word I'm looking for when you're, you're an activist. I don't know. Is he an activist? <laughs> I'd, um, consider him, uh, I'd consider him an activist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's um, bringing awareness to a, to a topic. Yeah. But I mean, the dude's doing well for himself. I'm, I'm impressed. It's nice to see it happen. And, um, and so far as I can tell, Justin Clark is also doing pretty well. I mean, he's doing his thing. It's, it's really nice to see these people move on for sure what are we doing keith <laughs> you know, we're still just shooting the shit <laughs> <laughs> on random occurrences at some point when we get a chance uh but uh yeah so um yeah i don't know where do you want to go from here <laughs> well um i don't know you've uh you had a little conversation with me today uh, well, at least you alluded to a conversation about some goings on in your life that you maybe wanted to discuss. Uh, maybe we could head off with that. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think it's I, I think occasionally we've come on the show and we've talked about uh, dealing with um, uh, family issues um, where, in most situations, if uh, if you have a family member who's dealing with addiction or some some issue where they're mentally unstable or whatever. Um, you know, the majority of this country goes to church and uh, prays and they get their friends on Facebook and ask for prayer warriors and stuff like that. And, and I sit over here thinking, God, my family's fucked up and I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> right. It's like, um, it's always a tough thing, especially when you don't know, uh, 
other individuals who maybe are going through the same thing. Um, I know you and I have both had our fair share of uh, um, own individual family issues and uh, uh, former significant others and whatever. But um, yeah, right now uh, I, I actually, I don't know if it was the last show or the show before that. It's, it's been way too long, Keith. Um, but uh, yeah, I did talk about my, uh, my mother having, uh, a cancer scare and right now she's uh she's going she's 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 in remission um things are going well i think she had a cat scan today cat scan is that what that is um so they were uh, in fact i haven't heard anything so i'm hoping that means everything's okay she she lives with my sister uh she's kind of taking care of her but uh long story short um they had my Man, she was a. Uh, I love my mom. She brought me here, but she's she's always had issues with uh, her psychology, I suppose. Um, but uh, because of a divorce and many other things, uh, we've been trying to figure out how to get her to live on her own for the past near decade. It's been a big struggle, and. Uh, what it's come down to recently is she's been, she's been drinking heavily and um, it's turned into, well, she'd watch my nieces and nephews and stuff like that. She's always been a person who's taken care of um, the kids and the family. She's never really worked. So between our kids, my aunt's kids, you know, cousins, whatever, she was always watching them. Um, but, um, she's been sneaking alcohol and she's been binge drinking pretty bad. And I personally believe that she's probably an alcoholic. Um, and there's no way that she's not. Um, we had a really good conversation yesterday, but what happened was, uh, she'd been, she's a binge drinker. She'll, uh, she'll just start going pretty hard. And, uh, this last particular instance, um, I think my sister grew tired of it and said, "Hey, if you can't if you can't quit this, uh, it's over. You're gonna have to move out and find something else to do." Which basically means we'd be putting our mom on the street. And uh, out of the four of us, you know, none of us wants to see that happen. But we just we we feel like we're at our wits' end, and uh, not really sure exactly what to do with it. Um, <clears throat> but she has. The next morning after she had the conversation with my sister, um, she came down with uh, a credit card that she had picked up that we didn't know about. And she she had chopped it up and handed over that, threw it away in front of my sister and uh, got rid of, they dumped her remaining bottles of vodka down the drain. And uh, she decided she's going to go to AA. And um, I think our, her sisters and my grandmother finally, I don't know if any of them actually denied it. I think one or two of my aunts were denying that she was actually an alcoholic, but uh, I think everybody's come to the understanding that yes, there's an issue there. And uh, yesterday we had a 40 minute conversation, my mom and I, and that doesn't happen very often, but it was actually really positive. And I feel like she has, 
hopefully come to a point where um, she realizes that there's an issue going on. She wants to be a grandmother and she's dealing with it. And I don't know. I think my mom believes in God, uh, the Christian God, but uh, I don't know. She's dealing with it in her own way. And I guess we are all dealing with with it in our own way. My brothers and I are all atheists, and my sister was baptized recently, but I think we all see things the same way to the extent that, hey, we need to take care of our mother. But, um, yeah, so she's been going through that, and she kind of, I think she hit a wall and decided that she needed to take care of shit, so she is. And the fact that I had a 40-minute conversation with her yesterday was – and it was a pleasant conversation. It kind of it would it it makes me feel hope. And it's such an awkward thing when you want to be able to pray or talk to something that's not there, and at the same time know that <laughs> it's not going to matter. So anyway, I think I just blabbered on for a good ten minutes. How long did I go? Oh, uh, you know, uh, we'll say ten minutes. I actually wasn't watching the clock, but. But, you know, yeah, that's 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 tough, man. Um, I've gone through some issues with alcoholism with um, uh, former significant others and, and you and my father. Uh, and it's it's it, it, it's ugly. I mean, it's but there is hope because both of those people in my life that I refer to um, overcame it. Um, my ex and my dad. Uh my dad definitely is a religious man. Um, X not so much. Oh, I got a dog barking. Hey. But it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. I sit here and I think anybody who's listening to this at some point, you know, there's not like a. Uh, an answer to anything. It's just like putting it out there. And I just kind of wonder, um, what people, you know, is this something that's helpful to people who, uh, maybe they're going through the same thing and they really just don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I think sometimes it's just good to say it out loud, but that's kind of what's been going on. And, uh, there's been a few times where I almost did a show by myself and, uh, you know, stuff going on. I, I was just like, man, I just got to put this out there. But for one reason or another, I just didn't do it. So in that, in that case, you got to hear it tonight. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, um, is it, what, is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Or like, did you have anything you wanted to. Add? I don't know. It's a, uh, I think it's, I don't know. I, I guess uh, I just hope that it goes well for, I, I, I mean, more than anything, it's a, uh, it's a, to me, it's the powerless feeling that there's nobody who's going to fix this except for her. And you just got to sit back and wait and hope because I mean, I'm not praying, <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. Um, even though I've heard uh, different individuals 
uh, talk about. Actually, uh, there's another podcast that I've been listening to lately. Um, I think the guy was on uh, The Thinking Atheist um, a while back, and I found a show. It's called Humanize Me. Um, And now for the life of me, I cannot think of his name. Um, But his father, Bart Campolo, that's his name, Bart Campolo. Have you ever heard of him? I don't think so. Okay, well, his father... um, was a big, I think, evangelical preacher. I'm not, I'm not positive, but uh, Bart's a little older than we are, and he, um, I don't know how many atheists would handle listen to listening to a show specifically, but um, he was a preacher for a really long time, and he kind of takes that element of his history and uses it as a humanist chaplain at uh, University of Southern California. And he's got his own podcast now and it's just kind of interesting to listen to the show. Um but he just he just did a show about how he he knows atheists who will pray in a sense just to get it out there. It's a soothing thing. So I don't know whether that's something to think about or whether that freaks people out or not, but I don't know. Interesting podcast. If you ever get a chance to listen to it? Oh, I have to check that out. He's Always he's really big on the organ, like community organizing aspect of things, and he's got a lot of opinions on. I mean, he works with basically a group of secular student alliance students and stuff. So he's an interesting guy. Okay, hey, you know I'll check that out. I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. I like to listen to my podcast while I'm. Uh, you know, running on the treadmill or doing my workouts, trying not to get, you know, super fat. I'm not quite the fitness buff that I used to be, but I still try to make sure I'm, <laughs> you know, in decent shape. Yeah. It's it's hard when you get into a committed relationship and you're happy. All of a sudden you just want to eat whatever and you don't care as much about your appearance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think Holly and I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I understand. It it is just it's life. It's what happens. Yeah. But I'm I try to think about it. Okay, you might not care about your appearance anymore, but let's think about your health. <laughs> so that's kind of uh-huh. what the angle I'm trying to take. Yeah. And, um, you know, luckily we've got some people out there and who are putting videos on Facebook, you know, to keep us honest and tell us the the good news and God's word and things like that. You know, since we've, we've, we've strayed from the path, the good path. Cause remember this show, this show, we used to talk about these things. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's weird because I feel like, I mean, there are podcasts that do it. Uh, but what happened to us is that I feel like those things are just not out there like they used to be. What I think happened with us is I think that we found that other other issues were a little more prescient. And uh, I think the beginning in the beginning, when we started the podcast, both of us had a lot to say and a lot to get out that we had just basically cooped up inside of us. Yeah. We wanted to stay for years. So we were just really blowing off steam when it yeah. came to our religion. And, but 
lately, I, just lately, I feel like they've really been popping back up, like some of those annoying uh, apologist-type evangelical, you know, dickwads. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if it's just me, if it's just my feed, my circle, but I'm really seeing more of that resurfacing. Like you and I kind of both had a little fun with that um, uh, incidence of a, a good, a good teaching moment for the uh, psychological phenomenon of pareidolia. Uh, oh, we, yeah. 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 We had a little fun with that because there to, to hash this out, there was a photo that was posted that uh, over the horizon, there were some clouds that had formed during what looked like an impending storm. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you really wanted to see something, you could see (laughs) something. And a lot of people definitely saw something and most of them equated it with like soldiers and war and something's coming. It was a premonition. And you and I are doing the the whole head desk face palm kind of thing, reading that. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of an asshole. I I reshared it on because there were a few friends of mine who posted it on Facebook and they're talking about Jesus coming back and all this and and I'm like and I re I I shared it from the original poster um, which by the way that was in Indianapolis if you didn't notice no I didn't notice that yeah, yeah you can actually see the Indy skyline in the background and I I think they're on I seventy um, I, I knew it was a city I just didn't know what it was yeah so. Uh, I actually found that person. Um, you can go to the original poster's Facebook page, and um, interesting individual. They just they just happened to be at the right place at the right time for an interesting cloud formation to pop up. But uh, yeah, it just uh, the idea that people see things and automatically take them for a sign from above is, uh, you, you know, I don't know. To me, that it's just it's it's a testament that there are certain um, instinctual things that are just ingrained in us from you know it, who knows it could be a, who, I don't know if it's genetic or if it's a, a meme, but people still want to reach back to that primitive um, I don't understand something or I don't yeah or they want to or they they want to see this like I had one person. I saw one comment saying it looked to them like it was the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know, (laughs) pestilence, famine, death, war, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. (sighs) Um, So, but uh, if if anybody listening hasn't heard of pareidolia, that's a really interesting to look, uh, interesting phenomenon to research. Uh, It's spelled P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. It's got a strange spelling, so I thought I should clarify that. Yeah. I was actually curious myself how the hell you pronounced it when I read it. Um, but uh, what was I going to say, though? Uh, it makes me remember what my life was like pre, pre-18 years old. Um, I was pretty secular. I still believed in God. I was questioning, but I do remember, gosh, probably... I must have been 15, 16 years old, and I still remember being at a grocery store in a small town that I was growing up, and uh, the sun's going down, but the way the clouds and the atmosphere were uh, 
reflecting and and uh, the, the way the sun was shooting through them, the entire sky was orange. It was just this big orange purple mass of insane looking the world is going to end is what it, it, it was just a really crazy looking thing. And I remember like kind of freaking out about it. Like I've, I'd never seen anything like it. And uh, I remember my stepdad was like, uh, dude, it's the sky. The sun is shining through. It's the sky. Stop freaking out. And, you know, of course, 15 minutes later, it looked completely different. But um, I think even a, I, I can I can remember back to when yes those little things I would get excited about weird crazy stuff that would happen and I look at it now I'm like <laughs> you know everything that I see now that's just weird it's like yeah wow that's really weird it's pretty neat though <laughs> yeah and you know it can be fun to to kind of come up with your own speculations for things like that. I think it's, I think a lot of that, I really do feel like it's fun for people to, to kind of put some sort of meaning behind that or some sign of some kind of, it's a prophecy or some sort of, yeah. um, someone's trying to tell us something. I saw a lot of that and I really <laughs> think people, it's, it's almost to me, it's like reading a, a, a ghostly book or, or, or uh, watching yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. Like it's just fun to think of that supernatural thing. Um, and I used to feel that way. I just, at, at some point I just ended up feeling like reality when you really start trying to figure out the way things really work. It's, I think that's far more interesting. And I, I know you do too, but, uh, Oh, Hey, someone wants to say hi to you here. Okay. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. That's the, it. The, that was Tristan. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> just wanted to chime in to say hi. <laughs> uh. How you doing, Tristan? Good. I I tried to convince Keith to have you on the show tonight, and then he told me that you were working, so no worries. Yeah, but we're we're still planning on doing this show with her because she has some opinions that are slightly slightly different from ours. We should hear (laughs) we should hear those. We should hear those in a non-combative way. Yeah, I agree. And the Dave Rubin way. Exactly. <laughs> just let them speak. It's on women's rights because Keith and Mike don't think women should have rights. Oh, we did not. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. <laughs> Anybody who has listened to this show in the history of this show knows that's complete bullshit. <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask you, though, Keith, uh, paranormal movies, ghost movies, horror flicks with just like, uh, uh, you know, the paranormal in general, do you, um, do they affect you the same way that they used to? Do you watch them for entertainment purposes only now? Uh, what do you do with it? You know, I can say this with all honesty. I, yes, I'm still entertained by them, but Comparatively, I there was a time in my life where I would watch shows like that, and I would lay in bed frozen, like with the creeps. And yeah, that I've talked about this with with Tristan actually. Um, that I miss, I kind of miss that. I kind of because it doesn't happen anymore. No, I the know, question. 
it does not happen anymore. Like I can't be, it's like when it comes to anything supernatural or otherworldly, I cannot be scared. And I kind of yeah. miss being the ability to be scared. Yeah, man. So do I ghost hunting stories and whatever, man. It's just the, the, the heebie jeebies just do not exist. Like they used to exist. They're just not there. And right. sometimes it's sad. Cause like the movie, the paranormal activity movies, I love how realistic, you know, they've got security cameras everywhere, but uh, it's the same time. It's like, you know, it's all, it's all bullshit. It's really great camera tricks and um, the omen or what, or the conjuring. Um, it's just, uh, wow, those are really cool tricks that they pull off. And to me, now that when I watch these stories, especially when they're supposed to be based off of true stories, I look at those and I think, man, I wonder what kind of mental bullshit that person was going through um, that enabled that story to be told that way. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like like, like what kind of schizophrenia or uh, what kind of hallucination, hallucination, you know what I'm saying? What things were they seeing that nobody else was seeing that they're retelling the story about? So those are the things that go through my head now, and it just uh, – it just doesn't hit me the same way. And it, it's really depressing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you also have to consider the possibility that it's like a no, a known fabrication from that. Like it's a completely made up story that they're yeah. just trying to cash in from. <laughs> Hell, even that, even, even uh, extraterrestrial type stuff. Um, the stuff used to, Man, that, that used to be my favorite kind of shit when you'd see like a an alien head pop up at a window or a, its fingerprints would be left on uh, a window or something at night or whatever. Those kinds of movies like just excited the hell out of my imagination because I was like, man, those things are out there. But uh, it's just when you start thinking about how far away different galaxies and planets are from ours and how long it would take anybody to get here, the the whole idea that, you know, you got to have some sort of a wormhole or something to be able to travel in a short enough amount of time to see anything. The whole idea of space travel with extraterrestrials is just like, it has it, come to a, the point of bullshit for me. Yeah. Same. Not to say that there isn't life out there, but the idea of us getting visitors that has become far fetched for me. Yeah, it's it's very far fetched. Like the trying to even fathom the the how advanced a, a civilization would have to be to be able to achieve that is just like it's. I mean, I suppose it's possible. It's just it's hard for me to fathom uh, now. I. It, yeah. You know what? I mean, it, we've just become these <laughs> these uh, boring materialistic. <laughs> Dude, I know, man. I don't even know. It's so. And I even. I've gotten to the point where, and some people find this sad, but I don't. I find it just realistic. I've even adopted, when it comes to existence, some degree of existential nihilism. In that, I don't think that there's an overarching purpose to existence or the universe or anything. I just think it is, and I think that, you know, we just make what we can of it it's kind of like that it's it's like that Kurt Kurzagot or however you say the guy's name or that not the guy or the YouTube channel 
they posted that, uh, I think, brilliant video on op- optimistic nihilism. Yeah. Uh, that That's how I feel. It really is yeah. how I felt for a while. And some yeah. people think that's sad, but to me, it's not sad. It's it's hopeful. Like, look, I'm in control of my own destiny, and there's a, like, what what could be sad about that? There's a there is that element and the the idea that we are the universe's senses, like we are the universe's mind or whatever. Um, right. Um, can... Those. Go ahead. No, I was just a quick interjection. That kind of harkens back to this Sagan's quote: "We are uh, we are away for the cosmos to know itself." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. The weird thing for me was I'd never heard of optimistic nihilism before when you or nihilism um, when you shared that with me. And when I watched it, it's like, holy shit, this is like everything about me to a T. I mean, the, I'm, as a humanist and, and, and knowing that when this is over, it's over. There's no point to anything. We just are. Um, what else is there to say? I looked at nihilism as being this. Uh, all I could think of was the Big Lebowski and Flea's char- the character, the nihilist in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we there's just Big Lebowski. <laughs> there's this whole <laughs> element of they uh, because there's no point they're do they're gonna do whatever the hell they want to even if it's hurting other people or whatever. And yeah. Th- that it just was doesn't character. resonate with me. But that's yeah, the only that, way that I had ever seen that word. And now that I see there's an optimistic, I'm just like, wait a second, is that something somebody just made up, or does yeah, that truly really well, make sense? I think it is something that, like, that that YouTube, the 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 proprietors of that YouTube channel did admit that that was just their philosophy. So it is kind of made up, and that's fine. Like that's that's just a life philosophy. But yeah, yeah when you're talking about the the nihilist from uh, from the Big Lebowski, that's that's just a caricature of what an ILS yeah. would be. I mean, it was funny. Um, it's just like, and funny, you, we were kind of batting back and forth the pronunciations, nihilism and nihilism. I think that kind of falls into line with like inquiry and inquiry. Like the Brits would say inquiry. We'd say inquiry. Um, okay. The, the Brits would say nihilism. We'd say nihilism. I've heard it both <laughs> ways. I, yeah. yeah that's they're both not, correct. That's, okay. It's sometimes it's deciding which one you think sounds cooler. <laughs> I mean, if if you're aspiring an aspiring intellectual, of course the uh, the British pronunciation would be the coolest. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's funny because Americans always they hear a British accent and they think, oh well, that, that's that person must be intelligent. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, yeah, so. Um, we had a fantastic transition developed, created by you to what seemed to be going into uh, the, well, you took, you took it toward the the cloud thing, but uh, then we went off on a really great long tangent, but um, we were, we were going to talk about these, uh, these instant viral memes slash videos that Christians put up. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, in, because this thing is almost five minutes long, I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna play it, but I think everybody remembers Josh Feuerstein destroying evolution in three minutes. Right. right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which was that was a joke. Um, it was just it was just a, it was just a a man who apparently at the time thought he was Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit, um, <laughs> spouting off at the mouth uh, in a speaking gross of his display, righteous <laughs> in a yeah spouting off at the mouth in a gross display of huge lack of understanding of the theory of evolution. Like the guy obviously doesn't even understand the first thing about it. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of his followers don't either, and that's that's apparent. And that, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I had a lot of friends who shared that video, and I was like, and of course, at that point in time, I was very involved in um, commenting on all of those friends' videos and saying, "Do you really believe this? Do you?" And having to explain evolution and everything else. So, but yeah, yeah, what were you gonna say? Well, I just think a lot of that goes back to uh, the way we teach biology in primary schools and and almost in probably a lot of parts of the country, um, fear of actually teaching evolution in biology. Uh, I went to a high school where evolution wasn't even mentioned in my biology class. And yeah, we I mean, we never covered it. And that's that's a problem. That's that's why we have this this strange um, seemingly in the first world uniquely American problem with the acceptance of, of that rock solid foundation of biology. I mean, this is, this is just like, like people have said, I'm sure you've heard the the term uh, or or the, the, however you want to say the phrase evolution is a fact and a theory. Mm -hmm. Like evolution is a fact evolution happens uh the theory part of it which is also damn near fact uh is the 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 mechanism of natural selection like the theory of natural selection um evolution happens it's just like how does it happen and the theory of evolution by natural selection kind of explains how it happens we're not there's no doubt that it happens you just it's just it does you you can't you're denying reality if you say it doesn't. I mean, what do people think antibiotic-resistant rec- bacteria are or any kind of, like, virus or illness that that mutates into something else and becomes harder to treat? Um, that's evolution. But the, the thing that people have a hard time with is the – the aspect of natural selection leading to speciation, you know, one species diverging so much that, you know, that, that those two populations that have become separated by whatever means are now two different species that can no longer interbreed. That's what a lot of people have a hard time with. And that's what we're not teaching well enough. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's bothersome. Um, the story you posted the other day was actually really good. Uh, um, the evolutionary te- or biology teachers who uh, have to figure out how to teach evolution to creationists. Yeah, yeah, that that was actually a story that was posted through the Genetic Literacy Project Facebook page. And if if, if you guys aren't following the Genetic Literacy Project Literacy Project, I highly recommend it. Um, lots of good oh. stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'm, I'm not following it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very sciency page. It's it's gonna post a lot of things about the whole GMO debate and some some here and there about the vaccine debate. Not as much. It, their their main goal is to to rid the rid the populace of the fear of of yeah. GMO food um, and stop the conflation uh, with other issues that are t- that have been married to GMO. Um, you know, pesticides, herbicides, business practices, things like that. Um, definitely take a look at that. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'll remind you. I'm sure I'll get a Facebook <laughs> post tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sh- I routinely share from the Genetic Liter- Literacy Project. So, you know, just yeah. pay attention to my page and you'll see them pop up. I just have a tendency to go look at your articles when you share them. We obviously have two different lives and uh, directions in which we're going, but uh, we come together in this, in this, uh, this frame, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because dude, um, the last, uh, the last four months of my life, I've been devoting to um, video producer vlogging. Uh-huh. <laughs> And how yeah. people operate cameras and stuff. So it's like uh, my life is uh, – I, I actually, because of the podcast, uh, yeah, um, we don't do it near as regularly as we probably should do, which is why I think hopefully we can both do individual shows on a regular basis if we can't both be at the same time. But, right. um, yeah, I've been focusing a lot on that other aspect of my life, which has given me a chance to really – nail down some things but um yeah that's uh i guess that yeah, that was a side note complete side note do i hear a tv in the background over there no nope, my don't. voice echoing it, it could be your voice echoing i don't have a tv going okay it's probably but, what it is so then there was another video that saw popping up recently um it was just uh titled tag an atheist uh, it was by the, the author of this video I, uh, is Perry J. Stewart. Yes. Um, basically, the whole gist of it was there were there's a guy sitting in a little coffee shop and his buddy walks up, dude, what's happening, dude? What are you are you reading? What are you reading? So the Bible. So I've got I've got the sound clip. It's four and a half minutes. We can play a couple minutes of it if you want to. Uh, sure. Yeah. All right, let's let's do that so that uh, listeners can get a feel for the tone of voices, so they're not just listening to us make fun of it. Okay, here we go. Dude, hey, what's up? What you reading? The Bible. You're reading the Bible? Yeah. Dude, why are you reading the Bible for class? No, I just. Okay, so you're just reading the Bible. You're just sitting here in a coffee shop in the 21st century using state-of-the-art technology to read ancient myths for no reason whatsoever. Well... Tell me something. Are you one of those super-religious people who thinks Jesus actually rose from the dead? Well, I do believe that... You also believe in the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, unicorns, Bigfoot, ever been abducted by aliens? And do you buy into all those other ancient myths about dying and rising gods invented by primitive nomadic tribes back in the Bronze Age? No. Okay. So what's the difference between Jesus rising from the dead and all those other fairy tales? Here's the difference. 
My belief in the resurrection of Jesus is rational. It's based on historical fact. <laughs> facts? What facts? Well, first, Jesus died by crucifixion. Whoa, hold on. We don't even know if Jesus existed. Why should I believe your facts? Well, because the five facts I'm going to give you are backed by so much historical evidence that most professional critical scholars who study the subject accept them as true. That includes skeptical atheist scholars. Okay, so Jesus was a guy who actually existed and then got himself killed. So what? That's the first fact. Second, his disciples were convinced that he rose from the dead and appeared to them. Third, Paul, a sworn enemy of the early Christians, suddenly became a Christian. Fourth, Jesus' skeptical brother James also became a Christian. And fifth, the tomb where they put Jesus' body was empty. And those are well-established historical facts. Right, but you can't just leave it there. These facts demand an explanation. Otherwise, you've got a big hole in human history. Okay, here's an explanation. They all lied. It was a conspiracy, the most monumental prank ever perpetrated. His followers stole his corpse from the tomb and then started telling everybody he was alive. That's the conspiracy theory. The problem is it doesn't explain the Okay, he's still there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, could you hear that well? Oh, yeah, yeah, that came through fine. Okay, I just want to make sure. We were having that conversation earlier. We weren't sure if you could actually hear it when you're not with me. Um, I decided I'd had enough because that is four and a half minutes long. Uh, but I think it covered a good portion of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And those facts that they're talking about, are they pulling those facts from the Bible? <laughs> well, the uh, there are five facts that are presented in that video. And the first fact that Jesus existed and was crucified is still debatable. It's debatable, but it's still pretty well accepted, I think, among historians. There's some outliers there. You got your uh, Richard Carriers and people like that. And, and now there's a, an atheist. Uh, I don't know. If he, he's at least a skeptical. I don't, don't know. I don't want to call him an atheist. I'm not sure. But Bart Ehrman, he still believes in that there was a man named Jesus who lived, the historical Jesus, the one that the Bible talks about. Um, so they're not entirely wrong on that first one. That's still presented as a fact in history um, that Jesus existed, whether or not he did is, has that has become more hotly debated in recent years. I think we both know that. Yeah. Um, but, but the rest of it, um, wow. They really pulled that out of their ass. Like the extra biblical accounts of those other facts I'm air quoting here, um, are all pulled from a, 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 gr a group of historians um, that, one, were not contemporaries of Jesus, uh, the closest being uh, Flavius Josephus. Um, well, that, that's one of those that they cite. He was born in 37 AD, which, according to those who have log the life of Jesus, that would be after Jesus' death, because Jesus was supposed to have died, I think, at age 33. Yeah. Um, and also, there has... It, it, it is accepted among historians, um, for the most part, that a lot of Josephus' account had, was a forgery, especially the ones where Josephus had called Jesus the Christ. And... Um, the other historians they like to cite, I believe there's Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, 
uh, Suetonius, all of those uh, accounts seem to mention more about that there were Christians rather than discuss Jesus directly. And also those historians were all born in the 60s AD, um, well past Jesus's death. So what they knew about what any kind of biblical account of Jesus, which the Bible hadn't even been put together at that point, um, was hearsay from Christians. It, it, there's, it had to be because these people never actually witnessed or were in and around the places that Jesus might have been during these times. So this video is just making claims. And you noticed watching that video, not one link popped up throughout the whole thing. <laughs> not one link was provided um, to cite these claims below the video where that you could click on. Um, so, and it's funny because people were posting this video all over the place as if, uh, ha ha, gotcha, atheists. Yeah, yeah. And it was met with how you would expect lots of laughter from the uh, skeptical community. Yeah. yeah. I uh, think um, a, a lot of people doing the same thing that you did um, and putting out their circular reasoning and all that good stuff. Yeah. I think there's one more historian they kind of go to, uh, Pallius, I think is what his name is, but I don't know. I don't know, whatever. But the point, uh, the point I have with this is like, look, you're a Christian. You believe Jesus existed. You believe all of these things the Bible said. That's fine. Just be honest and admit that you believe these things on faith that the Bible is true. Stop trying to enter the academic arena <laughs> because you're not doing a good job of it. If you're going to like, you're not going to impress someone who's academically inclined with putting just a claim out there without trying to cite it or trying to back up your information in some way. Like no one's going to take that seriously in the academic community or, or any kind of intellectual community or any kind of skeptic. You're, you just, you can't expect to be taken seriously. I would respect these people so much more if they would just admit, look, I don't have anything on this. I just believe this by faith, which I think is a bad way of reasoning, but at least yeah. you're admitting it. Um, uh, it it kind of goes back to uh, I, I shared with you the argument that I had on Facebook the week before uh, with a distant relative of mine and another woman. Um where they were, the woman has been posting very negative uh, Islam, Muslim uh, Facebook posts for well, for quite a while, and not only that, there's there's others too. They they just they just keep coming. It's like uh, Sharia law is going to be coming normal in America, and these innocent women were raped by by uh, um, refugees and blah blah blah. So. All this stuff is happening, and uh, I had to go in and say my piece. Uh, like, hey, I'm not going to say that uh, there aren't bad things going on in Islam because obviously that's happening. But um, you can't tell me that that shit doesn't happen in Christianity. <laughs> exactly. And, and I couldn't get them to acknowledge uh, – that God calls for the deaths of pagans. 
which is the same thing that they say that uh, Islam does. They call for the death of uh, infidels, pagans. It, it actually says pagans, I think. But um, the same thing that happens in the Bible. Of course, it was the First Testament, and uh, they immediately jump back with, um, well, that was before Jesus came back or came to. I'm like, okay, but, you know, that's it kind of jumps in that whole uh, Jesus is God. He sent himself here to save us from himself or whatever. So it's like the whole argument just doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. And on, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get too into making it seem like I'm some sort of it. Islamic apologists for sure, but because I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm on, I'm on par with, uh, with Bill Maher and Sam Harris and, you know, Michael Shermer and those guys, when it comes to Islam, it's, it's bad. It's a bad idea. It's, it's just another crappy religion. And, and of course I don't want to also be called a racist for having that view because uh, that just doesn't make sense. But at the same time, we can't have the Christians are creating double standards. Like they're, they're not objectively looking at the big picture when they say these things about Islam while they <laughs> have their, their so many glaring problems themselves. And I think that's why we come down on them when they do that. And we kind of yeah. – it almost makes it seem like we're coming to the defense of Islam, which is not what we're doing. We're just like telling you to stop being hypocritical. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry if I didn't put that out there like I needed to. No, you, no, you no. May have, you may have just translated that for me. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But also, uh, I'm in the process right now of sending you. I, I talked about citing sources. Um, I'm going to send you a kind of catch all link right now that goes through those uh, historic uh, his, historians that we mentioned. And you can you see you quick links through this article that I'm sending you that are reputable to their time, their times of. Uh, activity and all that so we don't look like we're just making claims without citing them you know okay. uh, i just i just sent that to your inbox i got um, it i'm actually going to put it in the show notes yeah so we want to make sure that we are citing our sources when we make claims but yeah yeah it's i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like maybe this uh they they're feeling a little more confident because they got their guy in office they're the evangelical savior, Donald Trump, uh, who in no way, shape or form resembles anyone who would be a Christian. Um, but it just seems like it's, it's starting to bubble up again. The, the whole, Hey, let's, let's prod the atheists with this, with our, our crazy rationale. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe it will. Maybe, it, maybe it is actually going to come back around, and maybe for the next three and a half years, that's what it's going to be like. Maybe we're going to be able to focus again on the crazy. Maybe there's a lot of it out there, and there's some of it on our side of things too, which we have. With that, I feel like that's what we've been touching on more than anything. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. This could be interesting. This, things could get interesting. 
Um, I'm actually updating the notes right now with that link. What should I say? Keith's link for what? <laughs> uh, just information about the historicity of Jesus. Uh, it's Rational Wiki, which um, there are going to be people who see that and immediately discount it because it's a page uh, that was created by skeptics. But the links are there, and they're real, and you can, you can look through and click any of them. Lots of citations on that page. It's a good page. No, I'll have to check it out. Um, if people don't like that one, you know, I'll scour the web and find some better ones, and maybe we can update that in our next show. Okay. I had to make sure I was spelling historicity correctly. I nailed it. Just saying. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Um, you the, do what? You win the atheist spelling bee. <laughs> Thank goodness for spell check. But I had to go. I decided to type it into Google. I found it. It was correct. So, uh, um, yeah, uh, dude, good show. Yeah, man. Not no dead air. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. I think there were a couple seconds in there. I felt like the last show we did was really rough for me. Like I just, I wasn't clicking. I think uh, we had Justin on. He was talking about his uh, dating experience with a Christian. Uh, yeah. Not Clark, the other Justin. But, uh, um, yeah, it just didn't – it wasn't fitting right. And I've been d- kind of dying to uh, fix a remedy upend my horrible display of vocal slop. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird – it was a weird one, but – I don't they, think they they can't anymore. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess that's that. I do have uh, the the outro clip uh, from Sagan. Did you did you see the one that I was going to share? Yes, I saw that. I don't know if we've shared it in the past, but if, even if we have, who cares? It's been so it's long. Sagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Sagan. You can't go wrong with Sagan. Which, by the way, I have to uh, tell you that I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of reading three different books right now. Um, one is Hidden Figures. Uh, you're aware of the movie, correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Three black women who are uh, mathematicians for NASA. Um, and they're behind helping make sure that we land on the moon kind of deal. Yes, yes definitely. Um, so I've got that. And I also just, uh, I've been really going at uh, uh, Carl Sagan's um, Demon Haunted World. Love that book. One of my favorites. Yeah. So I've started that. And I've also started Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. (laughs) Nice. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to share. I got those going on. (laughs) Awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess that's the show. Um, is there anything you want to add before we close out? No, I think we've, uh, we've blown off some steam today and gotten some things off our chest. We wanted to say just like that's the purpose of the show and for other people to, uh, maybe get something from it. And hopefully one of these days, give us a call and chime in. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to get like a live, a live caller on the show. 
I didn't promote this one beforehand though because I didn't feel like we were quite ready. Like I literally wrote the subject and about section of the show ten minutes before we went live with it. Oh, it happens. I think we were. Um, I think we were just up for a nice rambling show anyway. Yeah. Um, so next in line is to either do a Google hangout session with you so I can share the screen and show you how to do this on your own if you want to do that. Uh, or we'll just next time we do a show in the next week or two. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you're still hanging on with us, if you're listening to this post, because we are live and, uh, Hell, I don't have any clue how many people might be listening to us, <laughs> if they are. Uh, but um, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, I hope it was enjoyable. Um, again, find us at uh, beinghumanist.podcast at gmail.com. We're on facebook.com as beinghumanist, uh, facebook.com slash podcast, And uh, we're on Twitter, too, Uh uh, BH or wait, what was that? <laughs> Be, being humanist PC. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess that's the gist. We're going to finish out on a Carl Sagan. Uh, I think this is part of, uh, humans are capable of greatness. Uh, I think it comes out of the pale blue dot book. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I actually need to read that book myself. I mean, everybody's familiar, or at least most people who know Sagan are familiar with the Pale Blue Dot, the actual poem that's been turned into multiple five-minute videos on the internet. Uh, right. But uh, this is another excerpt excerpt from that book, and uh, I believe somebody out there is going to laugh and say, no, you're wrong, you idiot. So if that's the case, email me and tell me how wrong I am, and then tell me where it came from. So, uh, yeah, that's the gist of it, man. We're going to outro on a a three-minute outro. All right. Hey, you have yourself a good night. Uh, Yeah, um, I'm Mike. And I'm Keith. And uh, you've been listening to uh, Being Humanist, so uh, keep thinking. Yes. As always, we implore you, keep thinking. (laughs) Later, man. See you, bud. hunters and foragers. The frontier was everywhere. We were bounded only by the earth and the ocean and the sky. The open road still softly calls. Our little terraqueous globe is the madhouse of those hundred thousand millions of worlds. We who cannot even put our own planetary home in order, riven with rivalries and hatreds, are we to venture out into space? By the time we're ready to settle even the nearest other planetary systems, we will have changed. The simple passage of so many generations will have changed us. 
necessity will have changed us. We're an adaptable species. It will not be we who reach Alpha Centauri and the other nearby stars. It will be a species very like us, but with more of our strengths and fewer of our weaknesses. More confident, far-seeing, capable, and prudent. For all our failings, despite our limitations and fallibilities, we humans are capable of greatness. What new wonders, undreamt of in our time, will we have wrought in another generation, and another? How far will our nomadic species have wandered by the end of the next century, and the next millennium? Our remote descendants, safely arrayed on many worlds through the solar system and beyond, will be unified by their common heritage, by their regard for their home planet, and by the knowledge that whatever other life may be, the only humans in all the universe come from Earth. They will gaze up and strain to find the blue dot in their skies. They will marvel at how vulnerable the repository of all our potential once was, how perilous our infancy, how humble our beginnings, how many rivers we had to cross before we found our way. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.